0: Good Wednesday morning, Goblin Stompers, all across these United States and across the world, because I guess somebody, somewhere not in the United States, might listen to this, I assume, outside the borders, the unprotected borders of this country, it's nonsense, uh... I don't know if this is, like, going to be a serious podcast. I'm not quite sure how it's going to come across. But, you know, I was thinking about something yesterday uh, with regard to our games and our playing and classes in particular. And, of course, I want to hone in a little, well, not just the the thief class, or as the new folks like to refer to it, the rogue classes, but the attached subclass, which... If you're a reader of fantasy fiction for a long time or if you're a watcher of movies, you'll also be familiar with the beggars. You know, a lot of times the beggars and the thieves, they have a symbiotic relationship. Um, Often in the game, we'll refer to both of them as having guilds, um, that the, the beggars are professionals as are the thieves. And the thieves guild, of course, would not really, they don't really suffer necessarily, uh, a, you know, they need a certain number of footpads, I guess, some heavy-handed fellows to keep the population in order. I mean, what's racketeering without some muscle? But, uh, you know, random acts of violence are not really the purview. We, we really organize the violence in our games we organize it into random encounters in the wilderness. We randomize it into prepared encounters within a dungeon or within a, a city environment. And, and, uh, and, and all of that is sort of like, I don't know, we feel like there's a certain level of control. And of course, we've, in our fantasy minds, developed these guilds to sort of manage these people. You know, you don't ever think of the Beggar's Guild as being a great place to grow up, but if you've read fantasy fiction, say, for instance, um, I don't know that it was the first time I was introduced to a beggar in fantasy fiction, but certainly, you know, Gord the Rogue, the Gary Gygax series, um, Gord begins his life in a beggar's guild and moves his way uh, up and out. Uh, however, it never stops being a thief or, or a rogue, as it were. And that's really at the heart of what he does and who he is. Of course, most of the time we see these, uh, these skill sets being bent to the good, and in many cases to the greater good, to a, to a level of good which the people around them uh, don't even understand or know about, but without whose action, you know, the world could very well fall victim to, to terrible evil. It's interesting uh, how we, we put that stuff in our minds and that, that for many of us who live uh, somewhat nominal, somewhat normal, generally crime-free existences, and I don't think anybody's life is 100% crime-free, but um, we don't, most of us don't walk outside of our door thinking about the, the things that happen in the crime world every day, even if we're watching the news What I really wanted to hone in on was uh, was maybe the beggars' guild and, and the – I don't know. What, what got me here, I guess, is the question. Well, every, every day when I walk from my car to the pawn shop, I pass a fellow, and uh, he sits on a raised uh, cellar door in the shade in the mornings it's a nice spot you know it's a nice spot in the fall and in the spring it's not covered if it's raining or the weather's inclement it's not a great place to be but if the weather's decent it's not a bad spot and like many people uh I don't know that for a long time and and understand I've been come I've been coming to work the same way every day uh for near on a decade. I I don't know if there was a time where I did not notice him. Perhaps there was. I don't know the exact day where I began to notice him. But in the last, I don't know, more than a year, but I don't know how long, uh, we've built up sort of a morning routine. We know each other now. We know each other's names, or at least I know his name. And he uh, frequently gets my name incorrect. He gets close. He gets to Harold. He gets to Harry. He uh, he, gets—he once in a while uh, a switch goes off and he gets to Howard, where it's supposed to be. But not always. Doesn't bother me. What's interesting about this fellow—and his name is, by the way, Bernard. Not Bernie. It is Bernard— he is, uh, he is a black man, probably in his mid-60s, if I was guessing. He's lean. He's tall. Uh, some mornings he's smoking grass. Some mornings he's smoking a cigarette. Once in a while he has a coffee. He is, Bernard, a street artist. Now, he is also a beggar. I've seen him ask people um, for things. He doesn't always ask for money. Sometimes he asks for a cup of coffee. Sometimes he asks for something to eat. Uh, and sometimes he tries to sell off pieces of his street art. And that's sort of what I wanted to focus in on a little bit, was his street art, which is it's fascinating. So he finds bits of unused paper, say the inside of a book cover or the backside of a poster that was nailed to... Uh, an electric pole, street pole, or a piece of cardboard left in the garbage behind the lot where I park every day. And he'll use whatever writing implements he has, pens, pencils, markers, and he creates images. Um, they are unique. At first... I think when I first saw him working on them, I thought, well, he's just doodling, he's keeping himself busy. But more and more, as I looked at the work, I realized that there's there is a theme, there's a pattern, uh, there are similar shapes, there are similar subjects. He tends to create uh, sort of Egyptian work. Egypt- well, not Egyptian work, but he- it's stylized in an Egyptian manner. There are sometimes figures, uh, sometimes animals. Uh, I've seen him put in like a mule or a donkey. I've seen him put in a dog and a cat. I've seen him put in people. They have somewhat oval-shaped heads, sort of like Stewie. Uh, Their eyes are always almond-shaped. They're always dressed scantily. Sometimes the women have no tops on. His his work is not, uh, you know, f- photorealistic. I mean, it's uh, they're not stick people either. They're somewhere between stick people and photorealistic. Uh, sometimes there are palm trees uh, or an oasis will be drawn behind these subjects, sometimes pyramids, sometimes an obelisk. Uh, I think he clearly has an image in his head of what uh, Egyptian life was i don't know where he's gotten that image from or that imagery from probably more than one source bernard's a nice fellow he he often will offer me a piece of his artwork sometimes he asks for some money sometimes he doesn't i don't always accept i don't always give him money if he asks me for food i will always give that to him if he wants some coffee i'm always happy to share mine i bring lots of coffee to work He has occasionally asked me to smoke with him. Now, I would smoke with him, but I don't. uh, Grass, mind you, weed, pot, marijuana. I don't smoke because I'm not a fan of smoking before I come into work. Um, I'm not opposed to people smoking any which way, as long as it doesn't affect their daily lives or the work that they have to do or their family life. I have no problem with marijuana whatsoever. But uh, I personally... Uh, you know, when I am going to be driving, when I'm going to be working, when I'm doing things where I'm not really necessarily going to be enjoying myself, uh, and it's not downtime or relaxing time, it's not a time where I would smoke. Uh, so I, 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 I politely always uh, thank him and say no. Uh, he always smiles, a big grin, a big toothy grin, uh, and and I think he understands uh, I don't think he thinks that I don't want to smoke with him. I think he understands that I'm going to work. We've never talked about it specifically. That's how it is. I don't know what Bernard's life is really like. As um, Is he a beggar? Is he an artist? I don't know what his life is really like. But oh, the phone is already ringing. See, we're not even open. And that's just going to keep ringing and aggravating me. And there's nothing I can do about it nothing i can do it ruined my story it broke our concentration i could do that i could just make it go away um there is a ringer on that phone but i'm just gonna take it off the hook while we keep talking about <clears throat> beggars and bernard so is bernard an artist trying to make a living is he an honest fellow is he a beggar he doesn't pretend to have a handicap that uh that, that preys on the, the sympathies of people as so often we have seen in game and in literature I think that uh, it's not that we don't give life to our NPCs uh, I think we do to the best of our ability give life to the beggars and the thieves and the merchants and the soldiers and the guys who uh, walk through the streets and clean up after us in the game. But in real life, it is rare for most people to really come in contact with the sorts of archetypes that we have in game. Now, I'm not saying it never happens. Listen, um, you know, a fireman is as good as a town guard in my book. And if you know a fireman and, um, you know you have a relationship with one or even if you've ever just walked past a scene uh, with firemen working and you've you know you've thanked them then you've have some you you've, you have some idea if you've ever seen firemen go into a burning building and try to put the fire out and try to save people and 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 many of us probably have seen that at some point if you've ever seen police you know pulling someone over or stopping a crime or, or trying to defuse a situation. Many of us have seen that. We're not really necessarily involved. We're often just onlookers. And we take that and we digest that and, and maybe that ends up in our game. But in the case of Bernard, I have a relationship with Bernard. Are we friends? I don't know. Because I feel like friend implies that I, I one would go out of the way for the other. And I don't know that I necessarily feel that way about Bernard. I don't mind uh, giving him a few dollars because I don't think he's wasting it. Some people might at this point say, well, he might be buying pot with it. Okay, well, I don't necessarily see that as a waste. I mean, you know, that's fine. I don't think he's buying heroin with it. I don't think he's committing crimes with that money. And just as many times as I've given him a dollar, ten times more probably, I've given him something to snack on, an extra donut or uh, an extra bagel. Or uh, some coffee. So we have that kind of relationship. And most people will never have a relationship with a beggar. Um, they may pretend to understand what that person is thinking and feeling when they're playing them in game. They don't really know. And, and, and that's just it. I mean, our points of reference for the game, they're not necessarily the real world. They certainly come from movies and, and from books and from television they come from media you know and they come from what our perception of those things maybe could or should be some of it maybe we have some historical record of how a knight should act or what a what a cleric may or may not say or do but for the most part we're very far removed from what it is that we have decided should you know is one of or our only hobby and I find this really, uh, on some level interesting and on some level a bit disturbing. And the more that uh, I speak to Bernard, the more I sort of, I almost feel guilty about the way that I may have portrayed uh, beggars in the past. And that's not to say that it's not valid. I don't want to... I'm not a, well. I'm not a strong proponent of political correctness. I don't believe that there's any necessarily right or wrong way to portray an NPC unless you're completely off base somehow. I don't know. I guess it's possible. Um, but just that it really, it really isn't reality. I guess that's what I'm getting at. That there are days where I see Bernard sitting in the rain, in the cold. And, and I really don't have a way to necessarily offer him a place to go or a way to stay warm or dry. And he's still trying to get those couple of dollars to do whatever it is he needs to do. And I don't know where he sleeps at night. I don't know where he goes. And I know that I can't be involved in fixing the world or the life of every person. Hopefully on some level, something that I do um, in my relationship with him is positive for him. I know, is it positive for me? I think so, in the sense that, uh, I I don't know. I don't know if any act is truly selfless, but I know that he's a nice guy, and he's always been nice to me, and I try to be nice to him, and that's, that's really it. Uh, I think Bernard has changed the way that I look at other people, uh, making art on the street or begging on the street. I think that I don't lump them all together I think that I'm not necessarily happy to give everybody who makes some art on the street a dollar and I'm also not necessarily going to give every homeless person I meet on the street who's clearly homeless and begging a dollar I'm not a fan of someone running up to my windshield and spraying it with dirty water and wiping it off which occasionally does happen not a fan of that I don't have a relationship with that person. I've not asked that person for anything. And I understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. But it's not Bernard. You know, it's not Bernard. Bernard is, uh, I think, a godly person. I am not. We do not share that in common. He tells me to have a blessed day. He tells me God is smiling upon us tells me all sorts of things which I smile and nod at because there's no reason to be disrespectful necessarily but we clearly have very different viewpoints when it comes to how the universe is ordered not a conversation necessarily I'm going to have with Bernard I don't need to I like him one day he was uh last week he was listening to some jazz music on a headset and he asked me to take a listen which I did I happen to like jazz music I did not recognize who was playing the horn in that song and uh he turned me on to it and I, at the moment I'm having a hard time recalling who it was it was not someone I'd heard of but I thanked him for it and then got in the car and immediately popped on Google Play and found that musician and uh you know added it to the library and played some music, and as I passed him in the car on the way home, which I do often, and my windows were down, and it was nice, and the music was blaring, and he popped out an earplug to say goodbye, and I said goodbye. He said, well, you found that fast. You found that fast. And I said, well, when I'm turned on to something good, I don't let it it slip through my fingers. I would have forgotten. And we wished each other a good evening, and... I saw him the next morning. There he was. And one day, I may not see Bernard. You know, two days, I may not see him. Three days, I get a little concerned. I don't know that I've ever gone more than three or four days without seeing Bernard. But one day, that'll happen. I mean, I don't know how long he can exist on that corner. He wasn't on that corner when I first started working. And chances are, I'll keep working and and he won't be on that corner. and All I'll have is the memory of our time together and, and wondering what exactly happened to Bernard. It won't stop me from sleeping at night. Uh, At least more than one night, I imagine. So when we're pushing our NPCs into our PC's world and the NPC is wrapped up in a raggedy blanket in the corner of Temple Row and they've got an alms bowl out and you're looking to see if if one of the players is going to engage, is going to feel a sense of charity, especially that paladin or that cavalier or that cleric, that that lawful good cleric, And, and often they don't, maybe it's time to have that beggar make a more personal connection with that character. Have them look up, catch an eye, smile, have something to share, a piece of art. Have the beggar ask for food and not money. it be an interesting change of pace. All right, guys, that's it. I uh, I suspect that will be my podcast for the week. I don't know. We'll see what else happens and what else pops into my churny, turny little brain. have been doing some photography this week, so I'm a focused on that. Um, no game this weekend, mom's in town, so it'll be entertaining, and uh, I hope you guys have a great week, great weekend, summer's really, it's kind of here in full force now, and you should make the most of it, get out there, enjoy yourself, it's okay to walk away from the gaming table, build a fire, roast some marshmallows, have a good one, game on.